frisch. going on everybody and welcome back to the swish podcast this is your host ryan romero and unfortunately i am not joined by my co-host today creed um you know you haven't heard much from us for the last couple months life kind of just gets in the way life gets busy like we mentioned on the last podcast that we did life was getting pretty busy for both creed and myself uh Creed's right in the middle of the basketball season. He's still coaching the high school boys, and he's he's right in the middle of that high school season right now, doing well. Um, on top of that, Creed just bought a house. He's having a baby soon, really busy, and so kind of just makes getting together and putting podcasts out gets gets kind of difficult. And uh, you know, I understand that. I respect that, and you know. When Creed has time to come back after his life kind of slows down a little bit, I'm excited to have him back and be back doing this with him. But uh, it's been a while since we put out anything, and I just I've I've been itching and had this monkey on my back that I just I just wanted to put out something. We know we've been right in the peak of the NBA season, and I feel like there's a lot of podcasting that we could have been doing and putting out episodes and. You know, admittedly, I haven't really had the time myself. I've been busy with school and the Weber State men's basketball team, although I haven't been as busy with that as of recent. But, um, you know, life just gets in the way. Creed and I are still diehard basketball fans. I've been following along and watching closely and watching all the craziness unfold this season. So we've missed a lot, but hopefully we'll be more frequent on this back half of the pod or this back half of the season and get some podcast episodes out and whatnot. So Creed, I know you're listening. I miss you, buddy. I can't wait for you to be back in and doing this with me, but I understand how life goes and I'm happy to see you out there living your best life. So anyways, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, I don't even really know where to start with this podcast. There's been so much to talk about. Um, couple highlights that I've particularly enjoyed this season um for sure top of top of the list has got to be the Morris and Jokic beef that happened a couple months back that see something that seems to still be going on today Morris is still injured to this day I can't remember if it's Marcus Morris or uh Markeith Morris I don't know they're the same dude basically but um yeah that that game between Denver and Miami where Jokic shoved Marcus Morris I think it was Maybe Marquise again. I don't know. Um, crazy. And then just all the beef that unfolded on Twitter after that. All the memes that came after it. And the Jokic brothers starting a Twitter account. And, you know, tweeting at the Morris brothers and all that. That was just, that was too much, man. Um, another another highlight of this season that I really enjoyed was just a couple weeks ago, actually. Was uh, Clay, Con- Clay Thompson coming back to action. And I think that's something that the whole league was was waiting for and all the fans were waiting for you know golden state warriors fan or not it's really hard to dislike clay thompson and i said it i said it months and months ago before this even season even started that when steph clay and draymond play together there's still the golden state warriors there's still the dynasty the champions 
the you know seventy three and nine and no championship team. And I feel like with Steph gone and Clay gone in the what 2020-21 season, people just forgot. People forgot who Golden State was. They forgot that they were those dogs, that they had all that history of winning and success and championships. And people just seem to forget that Golden State was relevant. And, you know, I knew with Steph coming back and, you know, on top of that, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman and then eventually Klay Thompson would be coming back. I knew that the whole league had to be on notice for Golden State. Everybody wanted to talk about the Lakers, wanted to talk about the Nets. But I knew that Golden State was just going to be right back there where they were. You know, as of right now, Steph's kind of in a little bit of a shooting slump. Golden State's lost quite a few games out of the last several. But Klay Thompson's back. And, you know, the thing about Golden State is they're winners. They're champions. They know how to win. Every team goes through a slump. Matter of fact, it seems as though most of the top-seeded teams in the league right now are going through a bit of a slump. And that's kind of just what happens in NBA basketball. But Klay Thompson's back. I'm excited for it. Not a Golden State fan. But you got to admit, when Steph and Clay play together, it's just it's just a different Golden State Warriors team. I still think the league needs to be on notice for uh, the Warriors this season and approaching the playoffs after the All-Star break. Um, another thing we want to get into on today's episode is just talking about the MVP race. Um, NBA.com's got the MVP race, and they update it every single week. And rounding out in the number one spot this week, Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I feel like for the most part, that's no surprise there. Um, Seems as though every year Giannis is going to be in the MVP conversation. Um, The way he leads his team looks like the season stats, 28.5 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, 6.1 assists. And... You know, that's kind of what we've come to expect from Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's just a do-it-all kind of player. Has a little bit of a better jump shot. I think better three-point percentage so far this season. And Milwaukee's just doing what Milwaukee does. They're former champions. And, you know, I, I hope people didn't write them off. I hope people didn't say, oh, it's just a, it was a fluke season. Milwaukee can never win again. Because I'm telling you, they're still I, – I still got them – probably the favorites in the east you know i like the way chicago's looking i like the way miami looks but you know when it comes to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the milwaukee bucks and you know again championship championship mentality they know how to win they know how to play together proven champions you got to put them on notice so i feel like that's a that's a pretty fair assumption to put Giannis at the number one uh following Giannis in the number one you got Nikola Jokic with the Denver Nuggets in the number two spot. Kevin Durant with the Brooklyn Nets in the three spot. Joel Embiid with the Sixers in the four spot, who had a monster game 50-piece nugget tonight. Absolutely insane. Joel Embiid has been playing phenomenal these last couple weeks. DeMar DeRozan, number five. I like DeMar DeRozan. I like what Chicago's doing, but... I don't know. That's that's the one I feel like might be ranked a little bit too high. I feel like although DeMar DeRozan's averaging 26 points per game, 5 points, 4 assists, I'd be real curious to see what the Bulls look like without him on the roster. They still got 
Zach Levine. They still got Lonzo Ball, Kobe White. A lot of good players on that squad. When I think of the MVP, I think of a team kind of like the Denver Nuggets where who are they without Jokic? A poverty team, probably well below 500, not making the playoffs. Jokic is the MVP, the most valuable player for the Denver Nuggets because without him, the Nuggets are basically nothing. And that's, that's not to knock everybody else on that squad, but it's just kind of the truth. Um, I don't know if the same could be same the same could be said with Chicago. Um, you know, not that I want DeMar DeRozan to get injured or anything like that, but it'd be real curious to see how Chicago does if DeMar went down or Zach Levine or Lonzo go down just to kind of see what that team looks like. You still got guys like Alex Caruso stepping up, like I said, Kobe White. They got a pretty good squad all around. It's it's always been interesting to me when MVPs are given to teams that got a lot of good solid players surrounding them so that's one I'm kind of curious about um the next following five Steph Curry at the six John Morant seven Chris Paul eight LeBron James nine and Rudy Gobert ten so again I'm a jazz fan admittedly and talking about Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz and kind of what's been going on in that situation lately the Jazz have looked terrible and I can't you know you can't put it all on them entirely they've kind of been struggling with COVID I think that the COVID protocols and health and safety what a lot of leagues and a lot of teams in the league have experienced so far that the Jazz hadn't yet has finally caught up to them uh, a stretch of time where I think most of their team was out. There was a stretch of time where they had to call up a lot of guys from the G League. Got a lot of guys on 10 days. Uh, Yudaka Azubuki started at the center against the Nuggets, and they actually ended up winning that game, beating Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. So that was that was good for a Jazz fan's perspective. But what was really apparent and evident for me was watching the Jazz play without Rudy Gobert and just how drastically different that team was they had no identity um again going back to one of the morris brothers um marquise and marcus can't remember which one plays for the clippers but um he quoted a couple weeks ago saying that the jazz had no defensive players on their team the only defensive player on that team was rudy gobert and they kind of just funneled the offense to rudy and he basically just kind of cleaned up everything all the mistakes and whatnot on defense and when you look at that, it's kind of true. There's there's not a good perimeter defender on the Utah Jazz, and I think that's really what's kind of been their struggle as of lately is, you know, despite all the COVID issues and injuries as of late, they have no outside perimeter defense. And in a league that's moving more and more into the three-point shot and playing, you know, small ball, five-out basketball, you know, Rudy Gobert can't defend the perimeter like a guard can, and Utah has no perimeter guard. So, yeah, that is kind of been the Jazz's identity is to funnel everything to Rudy and expect him to clean up the pieces. And on nights when the Jazz's offense is working and they're hitting the threes, they can kind of get away with that defensive style. And that game of basketball of let Rudy play all the defense and let Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Bogdanovich go hit all the threes, well... When the threes aren't falling and Rudy's not in the game, the Jazz are a poverty team. They look bad, real bad. 
And I don't know if there's chemistry issues or locker room issues or what's going on, trade rumors surrounding just about their whole roster. It's kind of hard to say, but getting back to the point I'm trying to make in the MVP conversation, you know, I don't know if this is just the Jazz fan in me or if if I'm actually looking at this in a logical sense, but everybody hates Rudy Gobert. You know, he's the one that started COVID. He's overpaid. He's overrated. You know, say what you want about Rudy Gobert. But go look at the Jazz's defensive rating when he's not playing. Look at their offensive rating when he's not playing. And come back and try to tell me that Donovan Mitchell is still the best player on the Utah Jazz. Try to tell me that Rudy Gobert should not be higher in the MVP conversation. I mean, I'm not saying he's even top five, but I don't know. I I, I think he's higher than 10, somewhere in between five and 10. This is where I wish Creed was here to kind of go back and forth with me just to see, make sure I'm not an off-base jazz fan. But anyways, LeBron James, he's doing everything for the Lakers right now. Um, no AD. Russell Westbrook's having the worst season of his career. You know, this this Lakers retirement team, retirement home squad, you know, this so-called super team, super squad. I just don't see it. I, I, like, again, I called it the start of the season. You can't just throw a bunch of these guys together and expect it to work. I said the same thing is not going to work. Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, they both have to be on ball. You know, Russell Westbrook has never played off ball his entire career. And his struggles are starting to be evident of that, that, you know, maybe the transition isn't smooth. Maybe it's not going to be a good first year for LeBron and Westbrook to be playing together. Maybe Westbrook's just finally kind of slowing down, father time catching up. I don't know. I guess only time will tell. But all I know is the Lakers look bad, not living up into any expectations that most of the league and most fans had for them, and otherwise just disappointing. But... LeBron James is really kind of keeping the team spirit alive. Um, he took to Twitter the other day saying how Laker Nation would get better, how he's taking it personally, and how the Lakers going to start pulling up and through. And I feel like when LeBron James starts talking like that, you really got to be put on notice. He's he's one of those guys that can typically seem to put it on when he wants to put it on. I know a couple years ago, um, back I think it was his first year with the Lakers, he said something like... Uh, getting playoff mode ready or something like that when like the Lakers were at like an eight seed and since he stated that they went on a losing run missed the playoffs you know you know everything happened after that so for the most part when LeBron says something he usually means it you know despite that one time with his first year with the Lakers but um, for the most part I still feel like LeBron's the, the greatest of all time still probably the best player in this league and you know, we'll be it will be interesting to see how the Lakers continue to play and if they truly do all as a collective get better from this point on. Um Chris Paul in this eight spot, Phoenix Suns. Um, honestly I think underrated. I think Chris Paul needs to be easily in the top five. Uh I don't know how Chris Paul wasn't in oh, he might have been last season. I don't know. Again, Creed would know. Creed's a Suns fan, but um, Chris Paul, in my opinion, should have won MVP last season. Um, the way he came to Phoenix, again, poverty franchise, terrible, was nothing without Chris Paul. He shows up in Phoenix and somehow unlocks that entire team. I mean, we all know Devin Booker's been 
you know, Devin Booker. And again, just for the record, way better than Donovan Mitchell. I'll I'll state that very clearly right now. I know Creed and I previously had a debate about it, about who was better. Without a doubt, Devin Booker. We'll get that to that later. Maybe Creed and I can talk about that next time he comes on. But anyways, Devin Booker's always been Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton kind of struggled. Wasn't terrible, but definitely is not the same without Chris Paul. Um, who else is on that team? Jay Crowder, always consistent, always good. And yeah, Chris Paul just kind of seemed to be the key that really unlocked that team and really made that team come together and mesh well. And really turned around the Suns. Um, two seed last season, deep into the playoffs, finals appearance. And, you know, no mention of him for MVP. I think he finished maybe third. So I guess he did get a mention. I don't know what I'm saying. But, anyways, I still think he's the catalyst for that team. And, in my opinion, with the Phoenix Suns being the one seed, I'm not sure, maybe the two seed. High ranking, seem to keep rolling, um, just doing well. Everybody on that team, I think, has got a winner's mentality. Uh, they got something to prove. I think that they have a chance to make another run deep into the playoffs this year and potentially another finals appearance. But I think, again, it all it all starts with Chris Paul, and I think he needs to be in higher mentions for that MVP award again this season. Uh, John Morant, Memphis Grizzlies, they're rolling right now. Super hot, super good. I don't follow them a whole lot, but from what I can tell, uh, John Morant came back off his injury and, you know, was kind of had a rough rough start getting back into the game from his injury. Had to deal with some hecklers, some, some dirty fans, and I think all that did was just motivate him more, and he's really becoming apparently one of the better guards in the Western Conference, you know, a, a conference that's just absolutely stacked with amazing talent, amazing guards, two guards. I think John Morant is emerging as one of the better guards, and I, I don't even think he's close to his ceiling. I've said it before. I think he needs to be careful with his knees. He's looking way too reminiscent of a Derrick Rose 2011. Lots of hop, lots of speed, lots of you know explosiveness, but. You know, we gotta we gotta watch him on his knees, gotta be careful how he lands those dunks. Maybe work on an outside shot a little bit more, try to, you know, you know, stay aggressive, but just be mindful of his body and what he does out there. But anyways, Memphis, super solid, rolling right now. And, you know, I don't think a whole lot of expectations on them. I think that they could definitely be a sleeper in the West and um, I think they're third in the West right now. So, you know, again, nobody's got any expectations for them to make a deep playoff run, but they could be that team, the silent killer. And, you know, honestly, I'd, I'd be down to see it. Uh, Steph Curry, another one of those guys. I think I can't, I can't remember what the standings are specifically right now, but I know uh, Golden State's either one or two. And... You know, again, what does that team look like without Steph Curry? You know, if it's just Draymond Green, if it's just Andrew Wiggins, if it's just Otto Porter Jr., you know, I think that Steph Curry definitely needs to be that catalyst of that team. And what do they look like when he's not on the floor? Drastically different, you know. They go a whole season without Clay and Steph. Warriors don't even make the playoffs. 
Steph comes back, and automatically the Warriors are back. They're back in the top seed. They're beating good teams. I think, again, got to be on notice. Got to be ready for Golden State. But, again, it all starts with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's been having an amazing season. A bit of a shooting slump right now. But... I don't know. I think I think Steph Curry could be regarded in the top three conversation. But I guess we'll see how things go if he comes up and out of this slump. Um, kind of already talked about DeMar DeRozan and Joel Embiid at the number four. Kevin Durant, number three with Brooklyn Nets. He's injured now. He's expected to be out four to six weeks. And again, I don't know, man. Like, Kevin Durant in the three spot for the conversation. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, I think they're the one seed. He's averaging 29.7 a game, seven and a half rebounds, 5.9 assists. Great numbers. Really good numbers, but you know, you take you take Kevin Durant out. There's still James Harden. Now there's Kyrie. Kyrie kind of won the whole dispute with the league finally and you know, say what you will about that. You know, we'll talk about that some other time maybe. I got my opinions about that, but whatever. Um, they still got a stack team with or without Kevin Durant and Brooklyn's going to be fine. Do they really need Kevin Durant to be number one seed in the East? I don't think so, but despite all that, he's having a phenomenal season. Um, I don't think he's going to end up winning the MVP just because of the injury. And I, I really don't see Brooklyn falling out of the one spot. And if they do not by much and Maybe maybe they're not even in the one spot right now. I don't know. Regardless, they'll be fine without Kevin Durant. They still got a lot of dogs on that team that will kind of help carry him on the way. Um, Nikola Jokic, number two, 25.5 points per game, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. Again, Nikola Jokic is by far the best player on the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets without him are probably the worst team in the West. You know, close to uh, New Orleans and uh, I don't even know who else. Maybe Minnesota, but um, I think I think he's ranked too high considering Denver's record this season. It's just it's kind of sad to watch Denver. Um, I've always looked forward to the games that they play with Utah, that kind of little Mountain West rivalry. And even when Utah played them with Yudaka Azubuki starting at the center and most of the G League and 10-day contracts they had going up against the Nuggets, Nuggets still fell short. And it's just, you know, that's that's not the same same team that knocked out the Utah Jazz three games to one. or down three games to one in the bubble. Obviously, no Jamal Murray, but I don't know. Something just seems off with Denver. They don't, they don't seem to kind of have that same same passion that they typically have. So I really like Jokic, one of my favorite players in the league, super great center, arguably the best center in the league. But again, considering Denver's record, just not doing it for me. Um, I think in the prediction episode, I predicted Luka Doncic to be um, MVP this season. And he's not having a bad season, but again, considering Dallas's record, I think they're, well, I guess not. I think they're fifth or sixth in the West. I just, I don't know. Not seeing it too much with Luka Doncic this season, unfortunately. Um, I'm trying to remember who Creed mentioned for his MVP predictions. Not coming to mind right now, but I don't know. It's been an interesting season. 
lots of lots of good numbers out there. Um, luckily, we haven't seen too many injuries amongst the superstars in the league, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens going into the All Star break and what kind of comes from it. I I really don't feel like there's a whole lot of surprises in the league this season. Um, but yeah, uh, this is so awkward doing it without Creed. I I don't really have too much planned on this podcast. I was planning just to kind of get on here and ramble a little bit, but Creed, I miss you. Wish we could kind of go back and forth, but I know how it goes. I know you're out there doing a good job, chasing dreams, being a basketball coach and getting everything in shape and whatnot. And yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do another podcast soon. Uh, Keep putting out stuff together. And if not, for those of you listening, um, you know, I'll try to have a more organized, put together and thought out podcasts coming out pretty soon. I'll try to do one a week just with weekly updates and kind of what's going along, going on throughout the week in the league and whatnot. So, um, sorry about no podcast for the last little while. Again, life gets busy. This is kind of just a spare time hobby for myself and Creed both. So, Um, something I definitely want to quit neglecting and put some more time and energy and effort into going into the future. So, uh, let me know how you feel about my analysis of the MVP race and the MVP ladder. Um, I feel like I'm, I I gave a pretty good analysis. Maybe I'm a little off touch, a little off base with my numbers and team analysis and player analysis, but let me know at me, DM me, comment, whatever you got to do. Just let me know how you're feeling about it. And, uh, yeah, be sure to follow along on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe for more. And we will catch you guys next time. Peace, everybody.